The Bulletin. Time for some quick fire topics for a sporting mind that can handle the quick fire nature. We go into the news hub uh, world. Gordon uh, Finlater joins the program. Gordon, welcome aboard. Morning, Daniel. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm all right, mate. What about you? You've had any sleep over the last week or so? You burning well, on fumes like I am. It's been good though, isn't it? Boy, was it good. That I tell you what, that that stretch of the the game against Aussie, the the drama of that that final ball, and then into well, I mean, are, are any of us over that final yet? Are we still? I mean, my my headspace has been in about oh at least twenty different positions uh, since Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> Mental acrobats. So tell me about these positions. Mm, where have you been? Where have you been on well, these positions? I think, look, I think, it, like, the, the the initial shock of, um, I mean, at the time, the the red card and the yellow card seemed, yeah, I'm, I'm over that part of it. I think I've, I've watched enough of it to go, yep, I can see why that one was given a red and why that one didn't meet the red threshold. But, the thing, and it's it's not so much, uh, people might say, oh, as a Kiwi, it's sour grapes, but the thing I've, I've more, as I've thought over the week, is it's just, it just wasn't a good look for world rugby. Particularly that we had that one moment of that Moanga brilliance to set up Aaron Smith, and you're like, it's happening, it's happening, the fairy tale is happening, there's, there's the Moanga brilliance, there's Nuggie scoring in his final match, it's all meant to be. And then, no, we'll go back for something that happened two minutes ago. And if you actually, one of the things I only looked at the other day was, of course, South Africa had a man in the bin at that point. And when the, where they went back for for the infringement at the line-out, by the time we're taking the kick to kick for touch, there's, a, there's another 90 seconds on the clock. So essentially another part that hasn't been talked about is that South Africa got a free 90 seconds of, uh, of counting down the clock on their yellow card at the time. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. We've had people suggesting they need to stop the clock for scrum resets. Problem is, the game would never finish. Would it, Gordon? If we stop the clock we'll for still everything. Be here right now. <laughs> we'd we'll still be, be watching. Jaded. We'd still, yeah. we'd still have some hope. <laughs> but 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 trying to answer it this way, you go into the first test of the year thinking what, and now they've got that close to winning it. Have they overachieved? They've done about what you expected. How do you look at it in, in totality this year? Oh, I think with in terms of expectations, we went into that World Cup with or that we had 12 months ago. Um, if you said we're in a final, I'd go, wow. Without telling me the result, I'd go, that's great. We get a spectacle. Um, I think the way I look at it at the end of the day, though, if, if you're summing up how the All Blacks went from their expectations probably at that World Cup was they had three big games. France, Ireland, South Africa. They won one of them, which was that great win over Ireland. But I think one out of three is, is hard to put at a pass mark if you look at it that way. Uh, I was out trick-or-treating with the kids last night and there was Fuff de Klerk running around. Uh, probably the best Halloween costume that I have seen. <laughs> um, Peter Steff, did, I'm assuming no one could get a six-foot-seven Peter Steff to toy Halloween costume. Uh, because we, we've got to acknowledge, you can have sour grapes, that's absolutely fine. You know, that's, that's part of being a sports fan, but, man, they're tough, aren't they? They're tough hombres. 
Oh, yeah. And I think even um, waking up this morning and seeing the, the footage out of the, the airport in South Africa and just, like, what it means to those people. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, we're, we're typically low-key in New Zealand. Um, we definitely wouldn't have an airport show out like that. But just, I mean, to see what it means to the South African people and obviously the history around particularly that team um, and the diversity that it includes is, I mean, it's, it's hard to look at it in a bad light from that point of view, isn't it? Uh, let's move on. Ryan Crotty's linking up the Crusaders. Um, Louis Herman Watt, being the Crusaders fan, has written this question for me. Um, does he start the first test for the All Blacks at first five? <laughs> Boy, funnily enough, you say that because I was talking with Louis the other week just about the, the depth at first five. And with Crotty in there now, do we all remember it was during the COVID year and before there was the COVID break? It was a massive shortage at first five for the Crusaders, and David Haveli played against... It was a game they lost against the Chiefs. But he did a damn fine job slotting in at first five. So with the amount of depth now in midfield, because obviously they've now brought in Crotty, um, you've got Dallas McLeod, uh, you've got Braden Enor, um, you've got uh, Al Muller who's coming... Um, so, I mean, do you can you slot Haveli at first five if need be? You don't work in the Christchurch office by any chance? Something like that? Absolutely. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. You know, this is, this the cricket... This is red black country. <laughs> <laughs> the Cricket World Cup. Um, how extraordinary a spectacle was that game watching? It sounds like you were there to the bitter end. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was, and... I'm, I'm glad I did. I'll tell you what, when, when they bowled that five wides, I thought we are absolutely in with a grin here. Um, but tell you what, the, the way uh, it's it set up for that sport, the, the way it's set up for that fight for fourth spot is mighty intriguing. Obviously, this match tonight against South Africa is huge. I think if we win that, lock us in. Um, otherwise, that game against Pakistan in the weekend becomes equally important because looking at it, I think the, the most points that Pakistan can finish on 10. Um, we only need one more win to get to 10 points, and we've got a better net run rate than them. But how about Afghanistan? I mean, are we? Are you shocked? Are you surprised with how sneaky Weld has been going? Uh, yes and no. I, I think I've been flying their flag for a few years now because they've got a couple of ma- a, a genuine match winners. Uh, the consistent performances, maybe, just maybe. And then I look at the draw and I'm thinking... Come on, Afghanistan. You're still going to play South Africa. South Africa lost to the Dutch. Do us one more favour, Gordon. They've got the Netherlands next, though, as well. So all of a sudden, if they win two matches, we're going, well, poor, hang on. Don't win too many, otherwise... Oh, I, see, I see what you're saying. <laughs> oh, God. Um, if that's the case, I've completely, completely embarrassed them by having even factoring that in as an option. But it's funny how, like... Obviously, it's a shock, but it, it shouldn't come as too much of a shock to us because I can remember uh, it was five or six years ago they had an under-19 World Cup here in New Zealand. And they not only knocked us out of the quarterfinals, but they had a team that I think they scored 300-odd and rolled us for not yeah. much more than 100. Yeah. So Afghanistan's showing for a while now that they've got some good stock coming through. And I think this is the first international tournament where we've actually seen it for the first time. Yeah, and uh, no so to many who don't they, 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 
They could be a threat, yeah, don't con- you know. Yep. Yeah. Don't concede 14 ball, uh, runs off one ball, Matt Henry, and we might win those games. Uh, that, that was an extra, another extraordinary side note. Hey, Liam Lawson's season is wrapped up. Trying to put into context the year of 2023 for him. Um, I think if you were to put in one sentence Liam Lawson's 2023, you'd say it's opened the door. Um, I think if that Daniel Ricciardo incident hadn't happened and, and Lawson hadn't been thrown in that Alpha Tauri seat, um, we right now could be talking about the fact that will we ever see Lawson end up in F1? Um, because it'd be the same scenario where he doesn't have a seat for next year, um, but with him having a chance to prove himself and doing a mighty fine job uh, in those handful of races that he was given, he's put Red Bull on notice for 2025. And from what from what I understand, is we could see him potentially as early as next year because. Red Bull's obviously been quite outspoken about Sergio Perez and the fact he's underperforming. And the way I understand it is if they get halfway through next season, he'll then have less than a, se- less than a season on his contract. Or if there's another driver in Alfa Torre, whether it's Ricardo or Yuki Tsunoda underperforming, they won't hesitate to put Liam Lawson in there early rather than waiting until 2025. In, an- in another scenario, though, those four drivers drive extremely well. And it just shows how hard it is to crack it, and, and we never see him in F1. This, this is how Formula One works these days, sadly. Yeah. Nothing is guaranteed. So, th- th- if we are to look at the domino effect leading to a pop, a positive outcome here, is that Sergio Perez continues to drive into walls, and they say adios, and that might present a way in? Yeah, as sad as it sounds, if you want to see Lawson in Formula One sooner rather than later, it's hoping for... Sergio Perez and the, the two Alpha Tauri drivers to end up in Wolves uh, for a lot of next season. What a terrible bloke I am for thinking that. But I'm continuing to think it, Gordon, and that makes me even worse. Um, thanks so much, mate. Lovely to chat to you. Go enjoy your day. Appreciate your time. Cheers, Daniel. Appreciate it, mate. Uh, from New South Wales, Gordon uh, Finlater there. Yeah, what a terrible bloke. I'm just thinking, oh, crash, Sergio. Go on. Crash. Crash. Even though you're probably moving it over 200 k's an hour. Yeah, charming bike I am. It's six and a half away from 11. The bulletin done. Back after this.